Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I'm feeling a little harried today. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought I was going to have to poke you. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that Harry or Harry? Yeah, I knew you're gonna you're gonna wonder, but you know, of the three of us in the studio, Randy, you're the one that has the most hair. So yeah, yeah. So Harry now. would be. I'm feeling a little little. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's all good. But that, if I start losing, it's all going. That's it. Is that right? Oh, yeah. simple yeah. as that. Huh? I'm not going to have granddad hair. You know, where you have hair on the side. And nothing down the center. Yep. Right. Forget it. You just got to shave it off. Shaved off in that case. Yep. Okay. I, I struggled with it for a few few days, and enough of that. Really? Get rid of it. Mine just flops over in the wind yet. So <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a day that as everybody's checking out my hair now. Oh well. <laughs> well, this is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. It is Tech Tuesday. It may feel like Monday to everybody. It really feels like Monday to me. Had a I cra- hear you. Had a crazy travel weekend and. All that good stuff was done in Arizona for National Road Trip Day. Hmm. That was quite quite the party, actually. We had a lot of people show up to Kingman, Arizona. A lot of thousands of classic cars. It was wow. quite the thing. So sit next to me, Marv Dorner with Be Busy. Hello. How was your weekend? Uh, heavy. Yeah. I lifted a, I was just telling you, I lifted a ton of rock and blocks and everything and Building a little patio. Why don't you do like what on ancient ancient aliens when they were talking about you know how the pyramid makers made the pyramid? They had these floating devices provided by aliens. You should get one of those and float your blocks in. Do you know where I can get one of those? Because if you got a connection, <laughs> you would I'm all it for up. it. <laughs> After you know ten thousand pounds of. Uh, Brock, uh, brick, brock, and yeah. brock <laughs> brick and brock, brick and brock. I'm word, ready brock. to uh, make my trucks That's feeling funny. it. And I'm feeling it. That is funny. Yeah, I bet. How's it looking? Uh, we're getting close. Yeah, we're getting close. Good. Good. How about you, Randy? Anything? I'm doing the same thing. You're putting a, a yeah. I'm putting patio a too? patio in. Really? Yeah, I did the excavation by hand, mind you, uh, over the weekend. Wow. So yeah, you guys aren't real techie. I know you are, but I would I would figure out tech. I do everything. Your... I do everything. Really? Yeah, because I'm cheap. That's pretty much it. Some okay, people are thrifty, and some people are cheap. Right, cheap. right, right. Cheap. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> That's well, good exercise too. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, there is absolutely no doubt about. I do that. everything myself. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you guys had some productive weekends. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, um, news, tech news. Um, I don't know where to start with this, but. I think it's pretty cool. So, Back to the Future, the movie. What's your if you're gonna talk about one thing from that movie or a series of movies, what would it be? Well, the time travel. Okay. I stood in line in the rain for two hours to see that movie. Seriously, it came out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Long, long I know that's nothing to do with the movie itself, but it was a blockbuster. I mean, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. The time travel, the, the DeLorean, yeah. right? The flux yeah. capacitor. Yeah. Yeah. So, believe it or not, it's coming back. The movie or the flux? The DeLorean. Oh. Oh. All right. Yes. So, there's been a a company in Texas that has been providing parts 
since the demise of the DeLorean, and they eventually were able to snag the name, they are now creating the DeLorean as an EV, an electric vehicle. And <laughs> as you, if you think that this is not happening, it really is. Actually, today, May 31st, you can go to DeLorean.com, and actually they're having some type of event sometime today wow. to debut the new DeLorean. It's the Alpha 5. It looks just very similar to it's got the winged yep. you know, doors yep. and the whole bit. 60 miles an hour in 2.99 seconds. Hmm. And for those of you who are interested in the 88 mile an hour. I was just going to ask exactly, you about 88. 4.35 <laughs> seconds. Oh, wow. Not bad. No flux capacitor a, included. Yeah, you're not going to go back in <laughs> time. Flux capacitor that makes all the difference. You know. but, but And 88 miles an hour, right? That so, and it runs on garbage. I'd be willing to bet that everybody who buys one of those, in fact, I'd be surprised if they don't even have the 88 mile per hour thing on the speedometer marked special. Sure. Uh, I would. Because people are going to do and, that. And the dash. I mean, yes. there's probably a tablet. I would have that look like I would the, too. Uh, the, when it boots have that pop up with yep. the current date and next, you know, where we're going and that sort of thing. I would have that they, all pop They had up. those Nixie tube displays, too. Yeah. You know, those orange displays that were tubes. You know. my, my guess is there'll be a base package, and somebody's going to be smart like what we're talking, including maybe this company. I don't know the name of the Texas-based company, uh, but they're going to come out with add-on packs, you know, space for the tablet where you can make it look like you're going in, sure. yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, That's capitalism. What I see. Texas-based, Texas huh? Texas does does uh, Mr. Musk have anything to do with this? Nothing to do with it that I'm aware of, I guess. Um, I think he's maybe just sliding who knows? under the backside. Who knows? But but uh, this company has been around for a while that I know because they've been, they've been supplying the parts and they've been planning this for quite some time, I guess. They've just been quiet about it. So hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about an EV of some kind. I, I, just, I just think it would be cool to have one of these now. I have no idea what they're going to cost. I think we're going to find all that out today. So if you have nothing better to do, go to DeLorean.com, just like it sounds, just like the car, and you can check it out. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if they're if they're going to be in the same price range as, as the other electric vehicles, I do not know. But if they're in that fifty to $80,000 price range, I would say that they'll probably sell quite a few of these. Yeah, I think they'll do all right. Yeah. Just for the – there's going to be collectors or yes. people that are just going to buy them just to have them. The only people that will probably be upset are the ones who now own them and they keep them up because they are kind of a collector thing. I mean, you see them at – Car shows all sure. over the place, you know, people who have them because they're kind of unique, you know. But I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Speaking of bat, that, the Batmobile was in town just oh, like is that a right? day or two ago, yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about weird classic cars. Right, right. Is that, is that around up and down the strip. I don't know. But I don't yeah. think. It was, it was one year. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was. A few years ago. I don't, I don't think it's scheduled to be there this year. Um, yeah, so there's that. Alexa, are you guys, are you are an Alexa fan or a Google fan? I'm a Google. Okay. How about you, Randy? Mm, I've got I've kind of got one foot in both camps okay. at this point. Okay. Yeah, I still want to get that um, the Google, um, well, see, Amazon thermometer is what it is. I was, I was going to say the Nest, but I, the Nest is kind of expensive, so I want to get the uh, the Amazon. So you want the thermostat for, for your thermostat, house, you mean? Right. Yeah, uh, for I thought it furnace. was just, hey, Google, what, or Hey Alexa, so what's my temperature? Yeah, yeah. I'm probably <laughs> leaning more. You hold your phone up to your head. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably leaning more Alexa because I have the the Blink cameras. Oh yeah, 
you know, and I have the, sure. the echo dots all over right, the place. Right. And right. Uh, now the thermostat. And it has more to do with price point, I think, than anything else. Okay. It's, it's cheaper. It does the same thing. Yep. That's kind of how I think. Mm-hmm. There's different features cheap, on both of know. them, but yeah. All right. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. <laughs> he, for, he forgot to turn his mic on, I think. And next, next Why should I turn it on? I love how humble you are. I'll just Thank shout you. at your yeah. mic. <laughs> that and sounds Mar- better. Marv Dorner next to me here with Be Busy and, and Be Loud Entertainment. If you want your wedding DJ'd, you should call Marv as well. For next year. For next year. Yeah, he's booked up already this year the way it sounds. Hey, we're just talking about the metaverse. And, uh, um, you know, all the cool things that are possible in the metaverse. I think, I, I think you're right. I think there'll be maybe the younger people, maybe, maybe there's physical training you can take to, you know, strengthen your neck muscles so that you can keep the or the well, goggles the, on longer. I don't know. The equipment's going to catch up. It's going mean, to get at some it, point. It's going to get smaller and quicker and faster right, and lighter right. and, and better and everything else. Well, the, the Oculus, uh, the Oculus that I have now, the Oculus Rift 3, I think it is, um, significantly lighter than the first one I had. And it's wireless, where the one I had before had actually two USB cords that came off of it. You had to have a special video card in your computer yep. to make this work. And I tried to make this work about a year ago, and I'm like, there's no way I'm paying $1,200 for a graphics card for my computer so I can make this thing work. So I never really did that. And then the wireless one came out that hooks up to your phone, and away we go. Pretty easy. So Yeah, you know, the uh, uh, the coolest thing I've heard on this Metaverse deal, uh, I mean, and being a, a sports fan, is um, – I've heard very soon for concerts and for um, for certain sporting events, they're going to have cameras mounted either in seats or close to certain seats. So they'll be able to sell for like a, a basketball game, courtside, center sure. court. Sure. To, and they can sell that seat to thousands of people. Right. So that you can be there and you can look around and you can do all this stuff because it's 3D and right. it's, it's virtual. and But you'll be able to watch the game from that seat. Interesting. It, and that is mind-blowing. Yes. To do that plus for something like a concert, you know, to have a, a few of these just kind of sitting in the crowd. So you're in the crowd and there's people around you and everything else and you can just watch the the band play from right there. Well, when you think about even costs, first you have the the potential for, I'm thinking on the entrepreneurial side of things now, but uh, the venue costs, right? I mean, do you have to have a venue now that, that will hold 50,000 people? You know, you could play if you're Kid Rock, you know, play to somebody that's 1,000 people, but still sell 50,000 tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and they're probably, I'm sure they're going to be somewhat discounted, but they're still going to want to sell right those house seats right so they want people to come to the venue they don't want to give them away right but uh they're probably gonna sell them at some sort of a premium so that's pretty cool and i think i think you know situations like basketball games when uh especially when they sell out anyway you know you know you take your pick you know world series super super bowl would be unbelievable you know uh there are going to be these type of venues that having that that virtual seat 
and and kind of give you the experience like you're there sure. will be kind of cool. I agree. That's pretty cool. Um, you were talking about land a little bit ago. Um, the sandbox is probably the most popular um, place to buy land on on uh, in the metaverse. There's a couple of of platforms, you know, uh, but the sandbox sixty five thousand transactions last year, uh, three hundred and fifty million dollars in transaction value, Ooh. and yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm surprised by. 65,000 transactions doesn't seem like a lot to me. $350 million does, though, because, I mean, so these are not $100 parcels of land anymore right. that in the metaverse. So somebody actually bought the land next to where Snoop Dogg has purchased <laughs> land in the metaverse and spent $450,000 on something that doesn't exist. I mean, this is made up in the metaverse. These companies you know, are individuals. These are usually individuals. Very but rich people. Well, yeah, obviously. I would imagine. But it is interesting, though. So, you know, I've been approached about this, like with National Day Calendar, for example. Some people have actually talked to me and said, hey, as National Day Calendar, you guys should have a place in the in the metaverse. I mean, you need to have your land now before and, and take advantage of it before somebody else does. And then I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well... That actually does make sense. I've run into this issue before where a new social media platform starts up or mm-hmm. I didn't go there soon enough and now I'm fighting for my own name. Sure. Because somebody else took it. Yep, so took it. like Instagram, I didn't get there quick enough and and not I mean Instagram's been around for a while, but I've always had this thing about get really good at what you what you do and then expand the other things. I've I've modified that a little bit now with social media platforms. I, I say go squat on everything. If you have a name that's unique, like like be busy, right? You should go and get it in Pinterest, in Twitter, in Instagram, and in Facebook. Even though you might not get there for a while, you should get your name because somebody else is going to say, "Oh yeah, that be busy. That'd be a great name to have in in Twitter." And they go there, and you don't have it, and somebody else will take it. Yep, I haven't. So, I've been lucky, and then got we have it not. everywhere else. But yep, we have not been. So I mean, we got busy, we got popular, and and uh, people started snagging up our name everywhere. You know, so so there is that. You know, a person should probably, if you have a business. So Randy, getting back to your question now, if you have a business that's that's pretty. You know, Town Square would be another one. Super Talk would be another one. I mean, these things, businesses should probably snag up their land in sure. the universe. Yeah. A lot of the big ones are. I mean, they are. the Coca-Colas and the Ford okay. yeah. Because it, it's they all speculative all right now. It is all speculative. Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying, though. You, you need to get in the ground floor. Right. At this point. Even if it goes nowhere. Right. You need to be there. Right. Yeah. You know, and then what platform do you pick? I mean, I'm sure there's a half a dozen or a dozen different places that you can buy land now in the metaverse, maybe even more than that. So, mm. you know, you could spend a gazillion dollars on, on, uh, and that's a lot, by the way, a gazillion. Gazillion. Yeah. So who, who yeah. is selling the land? Is it, is it meta? So it's companies. I think, I don't know if meta, you know, formerly Facebook, I don't know if they're selling yeah. anything yet. Not that I'm aware of. I don't think so either. I haven't heard anything. I'm guessing they're moving in that direction. So. Did there is there did they ever launch their crypto? Um, that kind of fell apart. I, I heard uh, rumors that they're trying to get it back again, though. But. Well, maybe, but I know it it, it fell apart because uh, Mastercard and everybody just started pulling away. Interesting. And, uh, that just kind of dissolved under their feet. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would imagine that they want to be at the forefront of 
of so, meta technology. How does it work? Do you just register space like you would register a domain name? Or yeah, like, yeah, I think it, it works a lot like is that. There a and registry? They, uh, who, who? I mean, somebody in order to buy something, somebody has to own it first. There's, right? there's a map. There, I mean, it, in in these individual people selling it, um, there, there would be a quote unquote map, you know, hmm. where you'd look at it and say, so, okay, I'm here, 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 like next hmm. to Snoop Dogg, right? And uh, but who administers that? I suppose whatever these, these individual yeah, companies, if, yeah. if anybody, yeah, okay. And I'm I'm sure they have to have the development team to somehow create this environment. And so is it is it like the stuff. Earth? Then do you know, or is it? Uh, they, do they just should be infinite? Really interesting. I mean, it, it to me, it, it, it's there. There would be no limit. I mean, you're you're limited by power maybe, and maybe this space. is the space where the Flatlanders live. Uh, good point. So because you wouldn't have to have the curvature yeah. of the Earth then in this no place. So interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I read something not too long ago, and I actually I don't always believe surveys and polls and things, but I found this interesting. They said that at any given time, you can convince eight percent of the population to believe anything. That so seems right. come up with a theory that sounds crazy, and you can get 8% of the people to follow that theory. And 8% in the United States is actually about 25,000 or 25 million people. So you get 25 million people that are saying that the earth is flat. <laughs> that That's a significant number all of a sudden. It is. Because so, you can... You can. You know, you you can fool some of the people some of the right, time. Right, right. It's a great man once said. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I not to not to get off the topic here, but I just find that interesting. Um, so, metaverse. Well, in fact, I guess we'll continue our conversation after the break because it is that time already again. again. Hard to believe. We barely get started, and we have to yeah. go to break again. That's good. So get over to Dvorak Motors, where your family for a lifetime big boy. Just get in line; it moves fast. And hit Incorporated, independence, dignity, respect. Hit Incorporated. of the talk in sports for Bismarck Mandan. Super Talk 1270. Talk of the town on Super Talk 1270. And welcome back, everybody. It is Tech Tuesday on Talk of the Town. I'm your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Sitting next to me is Marv Dorner with Be Busy and Be Loud. Hello. Do you have a logo that's got a B on it? Or? I don't. Okay. I don't. No, it's just a. You just uh, like the word B. The B loud is some uh, dude with sunglasses and headphones. Yeah. And bald, of course. <laughs> <laughs> as of it course. should be. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, we're talking about the metaverse. And what, are, what do you. Where do you think the metaverse is going to go? I mean. Uh, in a productive like work environment type of scenario do you do you see this becoming a thing i am a fan of augmented reality okay i i think there's a lot of benefit there for everything from medical to car repair to i mean airline repair to everything to to just have plans and schematics and and instructions that can just be brought up in the corner and you just glance at it and, and just follow along. I think that's where the, the future is, at least so, on the in, initial. I, I think it's always going to find a footing in commercial use before it gets out to everybody. And I mean, it could even go as far as military, you know, where they're, they're seeing a radar or they're seeing uh, some sort of uh, 
ops instructions up on the side while they're engaged in, a, right. in, a, in some sort of military action. But you're I talking it's all augmented. Yeah, here. it's augmented. Yeah, I mean, so you it's, have it's a kind of laced over the front of yep. of what you're actually seeing. Right. There's, a, there's a screen in front of you that is just pulling information. Yep. Yep. Very Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's have you have you ever wore like the Google goggles? I or haven't. Anything like that? Okay. I've, I've um, seen so what I they have. look like, but I haven't. And there's there's a couple of them out there, and and they were probably it was goggles, right? Is that what yep. they called them? Yep. They were uh, probably a little ahead of their time, like seven, eight years ago. And there were even some companies locally that were starting to play with that technology a little bit. And then Google stopped, at least the rumor was that they had stopped working on it. Um, and I had actually, on the Tech Ranch a couple of years ago, had a whole, I had, I had guests on, experts on about the reason why Google stopped. And somebody from, and it got posted up. Somebody from Google actually reached out to me almost immediately and said, we did not stop production of these. Hmm. So I was really like, this is the only time <laughs> that, I mean, if you try, try, try to call Google. <laughs> Good luck with that, right? But they actually reached out immediately and said, no, that's not, that's not true. We are, hmm. you know, even though the rumors are out there, we have not stopped production of these. So, so I found, I found that interesting. Uh, I do agree with you. I think augmented reality is, will be significant in our lives moving forward and in ways that you and I can't even envision yet. Um, you know, one of the things, and I'm not sure what will be first, because uh, self-driving cars are coming on pretty quickly, but I think even your auto glass will become augmented. And I'm starting to see bits and pieces like at CES now where, um, you know, a sensor will say that it can see a deer even through the fog, a right. half a mile away on the road, and your 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 uh, windshield will light up and say that there's something on the road up there, and you can see it, um, you know, and, and things like that. And you know, it, it might be as simple as you know, seeing how fast you drive or what radio station you're listening to or whatever. But there will be a lot of safety things too. There was a motorcycle helmet that I was extremely interested about three years ago or four years ago, and they were doing a Kickstarter trying to just develop this, and on the visor was going to be all that stuff. Yep. Direction, you know, turn by turn, yep. direction navigation, speed, uh, any sort of uh, obstruction that was coming at you. I mean, anybody coming across, right. that would be all notified on this screen. And it, it never did get to production, I don't think. Because I think I a think lot of it was, was too much. I think a lot of it was just simply because you couldn't get a fast enough connection. Now, I think with 5G, that's starting to change a little bit sure. because it's just faster. Um, I mean, you even think about like Google Maps when you're using it right now, how much faster that is compared to the first experience that we used to have with the stuff being built into your phone. And you're like, hello, is anybody listening to yeah, me in here? You, you know, take a corner and they're, oh, it's unbelievable. It's right there. It's, it's right it's there. Right on you. Yep. It really is. So, um, so I think, you know, like with metaverse, I just, I think, the combination of maybe like a, a robot in an office environment and you wearing glasses um, at home or wherever you're at, right, where you have the uh, um, VR glasses on, that if the robot is like where you're supposed to be, you know, in a boardroom. An avatar. That's really <laughs> what we're talking about here. And this, by the way, is already possible. People are doing this. And this robot just gets assigned to your seat, 
And as you move your head and all this stuff, the robot will move its head just like you are. And, and, uh, it looks like you have, you know, you could even have it so it has kind of your face on there and the whole bit so you can be virtual without ever having to be there. Creepy. It's kind of creepy. But I see that happening, you know, because especially like, you know, busy executives or whatever who have to be in 18 places at the same time where you can actually beam into these places now and, and actually have kind of a physical presence there, uh, something that people can look at besides a screen. And that's the thing that I don't like about conferences, right. video conferences, is that it's just another TV monitor you're looking at. But, well, I, I think what I need to do then is best in this. I don't know if you've seen them, but there's chair green screens. I have seen these. Put you. Yes. And so I could put that on my boat. You could. And I could be anywhere. And, and you should. At the same time. You should. I'm just saying, just saying. So, but I like the augmented reality piece. Um, I do, I do believe that, um, you know, I, I see like instead of calling the Maytag repairman that it's two o'clock in the morning and the help desk will say, we'll put on the glasses now and we'll talk you through mm-hmm. where you have to go. So, all right. Come on back after the break, everybody. We will have some more great things with Marv Dorner and Randy. Uh, go to Dvorak Motors for your family for a lifetime. Big boy, just get in line and moves fast. It incorporated independence, dignity, respect. It incorporated. Talk of the town. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XAM Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. First Light News, weekday mornings at 7 on Super Talk 1270. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. And this is Tech Tuesday. I'm your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Next, sit next to me, Marv Dorner with Be Busy and Be Loud. Be busy and be loud. Yes. Yeah, there was a theme. There was a theme there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> be busy was first. Yeah. And Randy weighs in occasionally as well with occasion with a word or two. He's pretty soft-spoken over there, though. You get about ten words a show. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all they're paying me for. <laughs> well, at least oh, I just paid. used them all just up. Yeah, you did. Push the buttons <laughs> and that's it. Well, Randy, it's been nice talking to you the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the show. <laughs> yes, I'll be quiet now. Okay. <laughs> we are talking about uh, the metaverse a little bit and, and uses, but I think we're gonna we're gonna switch over to weather. I talked to when I when I invited Marv onto the show. I said, "Let's talk about weather tech a little bit and see where things are going to go there." Um, hopefully, we won't make up too many things. But you, <laughs> but you had why not? Somebody something. might build it. Well, you know, it is so funny. You you say that, and there's been many instances where we've come up with things on this show or the show I was on previously that people will go and buy the domain name. And some of those products that we've talked about have actually come to fruition now. I believe so, it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So we're okay with making stuff up here or at least getting people thinking uh, along those lines, right? Um, you had mentioned something about Fargo that, that, that I didn't know. So tell everybody about this. This is a yeah. weather-related thing. I don't know if it's 
how tech-related it is, but in 1957, there was an F5 tornado that hit Fargo and did billions of dollars in damage. It was it was actually nine, I think, nine miles long, wow. the track. Wow. So that's, I mean, when you think about that plus an F5, just that would rip up everything, right? right. And uh, a doctor out of the University of Chicago, Dr. Fujita, thought it was a great use case and came up and looked at all the photos and all the damage and all of the uh, just video and everything that he could find way back in 1957. And he used that to create the Fujita scale, which is the F1, F2, F3, you know, and, and that was the basis. So he would base everything off of how much damage was done to a home, how far uh, anything was thrown, uh, any any sort of uh, – Heavy lifting that was done, mm. and they found they found debris in Detroit Lakes mm. from Fargo. So that's Amazing. fifty what fifty eight right. miles or right. whatever it is. So to see it that far away, yep. tells you just how strong that storm was. So but that was the that was the genesis of the Fujita scale was the this the the study that was done on the Fargo. So my guess is that I mean at that time they did not have an F five scale for tornado, but later on uh, it was determined that that would be the basis yep. moving forward for an F five. Wow, right. that's pretty. That's I won't say that's cool, right? But it I was guess it, it, interesting. It's interesting that our tornado here, and and you know we get our fair share of tornadoes in North Dakota, but nothing compared to what's you know farther south of us here. Um, yeah, those guys in Tornado Alley. Oh my a, goodness! You just every day you watch the 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 news and uh, the Weather Channel or whatever, or just look on an app, and it's just yeah, warnings going through. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. It really is. So, um, so I find it. There's a couple things. First of all, that I I find interesting, and I'm not going to get into the climate change debate. I just truly believe climate's changing all the time. So it's, you know, whether, and I guess the debate is if it's man-made or not right now, right? right? Or controllable or, for that matter. Right, right. And that's what we're actually going to, that's actually what we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, but because the way we can measure weather nowadays is so different from 120 years ago or whatever, it's hard to actually take the measurements from 120 years ago or longer ago seriously. I just I just have a hard time with you know that they can actually say to any amount of accuracy that it was 38 degrees as a high that day and you know yeah. 19 below uh, that night or whatever uh, and now that we measure things differently different technologies or whatever you know so it's it's for me when I think about it logically I just don't know when they say that this is the hottest it's ever been. Uh, since we've been taking records, I don't even trust the records that were taken 50 or 100 years ago because the technology is different. We have many more reporting stations than we did back then. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's not apples to apples. Yeah. And even the reporting so. stations were not connected. Right. I mean, there was one in Paris and one in New York. Exactly. And LA and yeah. I mean, they were all over the place. So somebody had to sort of gather that at some point, but. Reliability of handwritten notes and whether All of it. Bob looked at the uh, at the same time every day, or, or I mean, there's a million different reasons why that could be inaccurate. Right. So I, I I just 
I kind of take it with a grain of salt when I see these type of things. Com- computer modeling of forecasting fascinates me. I, I am just fascinated when, when I, when I, you know, like when you're watching the hurricane forecast, for example, and they're talking about the European computer model looks this way and this other computer model looks this way on, on the track of a hurricane. And, you know, they're, they're all, as it gets closer, they all kind of narrow in on and, and they all get pretty accurate nowadays. Did, did you know that has a name? I'm full of useless facts today. This is amazing. What's the name? It's of the Monte Carlo system. Really? Roll of the dice. They roll the dice 50 times. It comes up with an average. That's your forecast. Interesting. Interesting. And, you know, we live in an area where I was in Norman, Oklahoma. I took the weather tour. This is probably eight or ten years ago. And it was interesting. At at the end, the meteorologist that was giving us the tour, uh, you know, was available for questions. And I, and the first thing he would always ask was where you're from. Well, then I raised my hand, of course, I'm from Mandan, North Dakota, and he knew where I was from. And he actually put his head down and he goes, no, he started, we always get the weather wrong where you're at. (laughs) And, and he said, but the issue is, is that you're, you're predominantly West, but you get this North thing. And then you sometimes get this South thing and the temperature fluctuations is what drives them crazy with weather prediction because you know, the front that's coming through, if they're off by 10 or 20 miles, and we've, we've just seen this in the last storm, for example. I mean, it's snowing like a banshee 20 miles to the west of us. We're in a winter storm warning, and it never gets here. Yeah, just stops. Yeah, it just stops right there. It turns to rain, uh, but it never, it never gets here. So they, they have a hard time themselves with, uh, with understanding, you know, they get pretty, but they're better. They're significantly better than they used to be. At least I think so. I think so. I think uh, I think the um, <clears throat> stats now are twenty-four hour forecasts are about ninety-five percent, and I think three days are eighty. Okay. Which, in the grand scheme, I mean, I remember growing up, they had no clue. They, they had were, no clue. They were winging it. Yep. So now I think with the computer models and because they can do rather than twenty random European models or whatever, now it's probably hundreds. Well, and you have. You have all this reporting coming in from all over the place where they just didn't have that before. If you looked at, you know, when we were growing up, you know, there's a chance of thunderstorms, but I, I would imagine they were probably making phone calls sure. and finding out what's going on to the west of us and to the north and to the south and trying to figure out, you know, hey, we heard there's a thunderstorm over there. Is that really what's going on type of thing, you know? Yeah. Now um, it's satellites. And I mean, you and I can pick up our phone yep. and look at a radar of current. Right. weather throughout right. the entire United States. Well, and you could even say that even our the devices that we carry, I'm sure, are being crowdsourced into weather. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, because our phones know what the temperature is and all this other stuff. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways that they get a better model because it's all crowdsourced nowadays. Pictures. So, <laughs> and there's that too, right? And you could, if there's a hailstorm in Dickinson. Yes. We know about we, it. We do. Seconds later, we do. Facebook just lights up. Well, after the break, everybody, we're going to continue this. We There are some really interesting things that are going on in weather. One of them is um, the sequestration of CO2. And I hope I said that right. <laughs> 
Are my eyes like even open right now, Marv? Uh, I'm just maybe a little bit. A little okay. bit. Okay. Are you just channeling and the force? Or maybe what? so. That's probably what more than anything else that's going on. And then uh, water making, I think, is really interesting. We've talked about it a little bit before, but we're going to really get into it uh, in the next segment here. And we're talking about weather and tech. And as promised, I have some cool stuff to share. Um, as expected. As, as expected, that's right. And I think some of these things that we're going to start talking about here are viable to our part of the country. And, of course, maybe to other parts of the country or other parts of the world as well. But the first one that I've really been following, and, you know, right now it's it's hard to talk about... Well, I guess it's not hard to talk about moisture. We're getting enough of it right now. So, uh, but that's not usually the case. Usually we have a shortage. And I think some people would actually state that we still are pretty short of water in the western part of North Dakota. Um, I took a drive up to north of Bismarck yesterday and, you know, everything is beautiful. I mean, really beautiful and green right now. It's just unbelievable. It's like a carpet of green. It's just, Absolutely. it really is, it is. unbelievable. But you drive by the the ponds and whatever; they're not full. There's still a ways to the go. The lake is definitely not full. The lake is definitely not full. So, so we're still in a little bit of a shortage. If this continues, of course, it'll be good. But, but with that said, there's actually devices out there now that can pull, take the humidity that's in the air, pull it out of the air, and make water. In a, in a large scale type of scenario, so these devices are housed inside of a of a um, container, you know, like the shipping sure. containers, and they can make five to ten thousand gallons of water a day. And you can put a solar panel across the top for the power that's needed to do this, and it's a self contained thing that makes five to ten thousand gallons a day. the The price on these right now is about seventy five thousand dollars. So. If you factor that over five years, it's actually pretty cheap water. And they're portable on top of it. I mean, you can put this on the back of a semi. With a solar panel, you could put that anywhere you, anywhere want. you want to, right? Um, and, and the 75 grand includes like the battery pack. So you keep that thing. So the solar panel charges that, of course, when it can and, and the battery pack runs the <laughs> unit. So to make, and let, let's just say it's 10 grand or 10,000 gallons of water a day, right? Um, Granted, that's not a lot of water, but for a farmer that's running a couple head of cattle, sure, that's a lot of water. That's a lot of water compared to what we're getting. Right, right. And then you throw in, and I'm just making, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing a theory out here that people can think about. You know, we North Dakota has a unique way to store water, and that's called winter. And <laughs> I don't know how unique that is, but it's not good sometimes. Well, but, you know, you have this scenario. This is where I'm going with this. I I think well-placed artificial glaciers would be really interesting for North Dakota. Now, wow. I, I know that's kind of just come out of nowhere, yeah, right? Yeah, now we're getting weird. But why, what would be wrong with having a water-producing unit like what I'm talking about, or maybe three or four of these, you're producing 40, 50, 100,000 gallons of water a day, and you take the side of a of a hill or whatever that's 
basically shaded most of the time in the summer. Because I'm sure if we went out in the in the fields right now, we'd probably still be able to find some snow in a shelter belt or something somewhere, right? Because it does store. But ice is even stronger, right? So sure. it would store longer. Um, and, and you create a way that, that when spring comes, you have two, three, five, ten million gallons of water sitting there that will slowly melt into a stock pond or into a stream or into a water supply for a small municipality. I mean, these are things that are possible. Um, and I really started thinking about this. I played golf in Tioga uh, a year and a half ago in the fall. Or actually, it was August, right? And That's fall in Tioga. It is, way. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and it was 100 degrees that day, and I'm the only person out there, and I hit a ball, and it lands on the fairway, and all it was was just a cloud of dust that comes off the thing. I'm like, what in the world? I get up there, and then I realize that their water source, which is a holding pond off to the side, was completely dry, just completely dry. So they're unable to water the golf course. And I started thinking about, well, I suppose when there's a water emergency or whatever, they're the last ones that get water, right? So why couldn't a person, you know, if you're a golf course, for example, you have your own water supply. You just create your own. You just, you'd have a bunch frozen. You have a, you know, it'll trickle down in there over the next 90 days and, and you keep that pond full longer. You know, I'm just throwing these things out. What's possible here, uh, to help alleviate the times when we're in a drought situation, you know, so, um, you know, you have a scenario where the state has 50 or 100 of these. I'm just thinking not that I'm trying to spend the money on the state, but you have 100 of these units that anywhere that there's a drought scenario going on in any part of our state, you could deploy 50 of these things and start making a half a million gallons of water a day. Just put them on the north side of the Kildare Mountains and just let it all flood that direction? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Into think the little Missouri. And I, up I think and over. there's some value to that. That's interesting. So anyway, I, I just, I think it's something to think about. I certainly think that in the Las Vegas area where I'm, you know, they have the mountains off to the, to the west and it gets cold enough up there in the wintertime that they could, they could stockpile millions and millions and millions of gallons of water up there that they could. And the other interesting thing about that is the cooling effect that that could have a little bit in that area. You know, you have an ice pack that's that large, and uh, it would help cool a residential area or something as well. So what so. does that do, though? And then all of a sudden you start changing weather patterns. and Yeah, but so, you, you, could, I mean, you could say the same thing about, like, let's, let's talk about, and, and then I've even thought even further along these lines, right? What would be wrong? Because you go up to Glacier National Park right now, mm-hmm. and they talk about the that the glaciers are diminishing, right? What's wrong with us helping that a little bit? Snowmakers or whatever. Fill it in. Yeah. I mean, is there is there something wrong with us doing that? I don't know. I, I'm Not just, a climatologist. I'm just, I'm just posing the but question. That, you know. But, you know, there's even, there is, I think there is some lake effect or there is some effect, you know, even of Sakakawea, but definitely like Lake Superior um, or Lake Michigan. You just, there's a big enough body of water to control Yes. The airspace, right? I, I so think things so. move and kind of circulate around. If you watch a storm coming out of the northwest of North Dakota, it will almost track down Sakakawea right. and down the Missouri River right. and just kind of then go go east. It's a really weird, bizarre phenomenon. So what happens when you start putting hundreds of these things around generating, sucking the, the moisture out of the air, right. for one, right. and then 
what happens downstream? Do they not get any moisture because you pulled it all out of the yeah, earth so it can't well, go up? I, I think what we're talking about is pretty in, inconsequential for for long-term weather type of sure. things. But but I agree with you with, with Lake Sakakawea. I think Lake Sakakawea has changed our weather patterns in North Dakota. How could it not? You have a large body of water that doesn't freeze over for an additional two months over everything else. You always you have that little bit of heating going on. Yep. You have uh, uh, the moisture that pulls off, 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 off of that. I would imagine there's some uh, lake effect type of snow events that go on because of it. Maybe not to the level of Lake Superior again, but sure. there is some, of course. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think it's interesting that we have the ability to make water from air and I think strategically placed type of scenarios, I think would, would help us out. I really do. I think that there are ways that, uh, we could help ourselves a little bit in these drought type of scenarios. I love how you're trying to not smile about this. You know, no, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind is Star Wars and then the next Luke Skywalker is going to be on a North Dakota farm. A Jedi, because <laughs> they were moisture farmers. Yes, that's so, true. That's interesting. There you go. There we go. There we go. All right, everybody, <laughs> after the break, we have another very interesting thing in weather that that uh, um, I think you'll find extremely fascinating. So come on back for that. I have a question to pose to you guys. Randy, yeah, I need to have you weigh in on this too. And maybe maybe I don't understand, but what do plants need to survive other than water and sunlight? CO2. Um, nutrients from the soil. Okay. So CO2 is where I was going with that. Okay. So as the CO2, as we have more CO2 in the air, would that not make more plants like the air and then produce more oxygen. I, I'm just I, Car- I, carbon dioxide. Is that what you're talking about? CO2? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So plants create carbon dioxide. No, they create, they oxygen, create oxygen from they carbon, carbon dioxide. Oh, they do. I thought it was the other they, way around. They. they Why did create, I think that? I do not know. Yeah, hmm. they create oxygen from East carbon Coast dioxide. School. I went to the maybe? wrong high school, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Window. <laughs> so I'm just. You know, wouldn't the rainforest thrive in this scenario if we're if there's more CO two in the air? I, I I'm trying to figure this out because I, I'm always confused about the climate change. The rainforest, thing. I think you're right, but with the population getting bigger, there's more deforestation and there's right. more people right. plant. You know, they're building. I mean, if you just look around Bismarck Mandan, look how much cropland has been taken up in expanding the uh, okay. you know, or Fargo or whatever. Globally, I don't think there's that big of a deal, but again, maybe the bigger urban areas for sure. And then the developing countries, I would think are expanding faster even. And those are the areas you're talking about. So wouldn't the, and I'm again, I'm just playing like I don't know what I'm talking about and I obviously don't know what I'm talking yeah, I mean, about, right? But so couldn't we just plant things that, that actually – you know, use carbon dioxide and produce more oxygen. I mean, you know, and, and, and if we're lucky enough, maybe they produce food as well, like tomatoes. Do, does, does a crop of tomatoes, you know, use a lot more CO2 than, than grass, you know, so then we start just growing a bunch of tomatoes. I, I don't know. I'm just, just. So then we just start genetically modifying plants to 
produce food and use more CO2? Well, I don't say we have to genetically modify them. I think that there are probably plants out there that we already know use more CO2 than other plants yeah, do. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't understand, I guess, how the balance can be out of whack. Because I would think that nature would just automatically use up the extra CO2 because the plants will go crazy and, and make more plants. And uh, You know what? If there's probably an answer there, it's probably more that humans are determining the visible effect on us. It's the weather maybe changing, we think. Uh, the heat is is changing the severity of the storms, which again, you know, going way back to your initial discussion on um, what was being reported and recorded a hundred years ago, can you rely on that, or was was there the same amount of blizzards and droughts and right. storms that there are now? I think humans we have a very short memory and. The Earth is what four point six billion years old. Yeah, we've been and, here for a hundred thousand. Right. And I, occasionally, I think the Earth just shrugs a little bit, and yeah, yeah, this is going to hurt. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, I, I don't know either. And I don't. Is. I don't mean that. I'm just raising these questions because I just I find I find this discussion a little fascinating. But with that said, so CO two in the air. This is really interesting. So there's there's a firm in Vancouver, British Columbia, that has actually figured out a way to make fuel from CO2. So they actually scrub the air, yep. and it becomes jet fuel. And they can actually make a fuel that will be used for your cars as well. You can actually run your car off of this stuff. I have heard of this. It's really quite amazing. And to me, that would be... A significant way to, I mean, if we had 200 of these plants around the world, I would think that that would, uh, it would take care of two things. It would, uh, you know, there'd be another fuel that we, that we would be producing and it would be cleaning the air. And then along the side of that, along with that, NASA has developed a new tech around CO2 as well. Uh, it creates fuel using solar power and thin film I can't read my own handwriting now, but um, I really cannot read my own handwriting. (laughs) A thin film of something. Yes. Uh, But it's photoelectric. (laughs) It's a photoelectric chemical cell. So instead of a photovoltaic cell that you would use for creating, you know, energy from solar or sunlight, this is actually creating electricity using this thin film oxide or oxidation or whatever uh, that runs over the CO2 runs over this and creates electricity. Hmm. So it takes CO2 out of the air and produces electricity from it. So this is something that NASA has just developed. And Physics is awesome. I, I just, you know, <laughs> and, and again, I, I, I can't tell you enough about my love of NASA when it comes to return on investment. It's the only government program that we have that actually has a positive return on investment. And it's, it's hard to even measure it. Yeah, because of the technology that they have developed over the years. So I find this fascinating. I'm going to really dig into this a little bit more, too, because, you know, this is what I love about the human race. We always figure out ways. We might create some problems, but we usually figure out ways to fix them as well. And I think more and more people are getting on the CO2 bandwagon. 
And maybe it's a combination of growing tomatoes and making fuel and uh, making electricity and, and cleaning the air that way. I don't know. We can do all that stuff here. I think we can. We have sunlight. We have wind. We have water. We have it all right here in North crops. Dakota. We can, we can just continue our uh, energy dominance right well, from and, here. And the, the sequestration of CO2 that, that's being proposed and I think now funded uh, in North Dakota, um, what are we going to do with this stuff? Well, you know what? Pump it down a hole. If if they're gonna if they're gonna <laughs> if these other places are gonna send us our C, their CO two, maybe we just start making jet fuel with it. I'm just saying if we're gonna because that right now that's what we're gonna do is pump it down into a hole. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's bring it back and make something out of it. That's my thinking. Or let's we make tomatoes that. from that. I'll go work there. That would be we'll fun. We'll make some right? uh, make some jet yeah. fuel out of CO two. I'm yeah. I'm in. <laughs> it would be cool. Or or electricity <laughs> running across the uh, a photo. I gotta I gotta get this new term down. Photo electrochemical cell. That sounds it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. All right. Well, after the break, everybody, we are going to be talking to Coach Shoe, Coach Shoe from the Bismarck Bucks. Hey, we're in town this weekend. Ooh. I know the Bucks have it's been, been a while. Hasn't it's it? been a little while. They've been gone for a few weeks now, but they'll be uh, uh, playing this Saturday at seven oh five. I'm trying to read the card here, which you know, because I, my eyes are not open. Let's see if my glasses will work. It's not working either, Randy. He used up all of his words. It's the Frisco Fighters. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> From that. From here, I think. <laughs> Frisco can... Fighters. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks, Randy. Thank you for listening to the Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production. 